0: you're welcome to Believers Foundation. My name is Tony Ogulalu. I am Pastor Lua Tony Ogulalu and today I'll be taking you through how to make friends in this new family that you now belong to. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know everyone at one point in time or the other in our lives um, we were given birth to and over time you began to get to know your family members. You knew your mom or know your mom, know your dad, know your siblings and you had to interact with them to get to know their preferences, how to behave, family culture, the norming, and all of that. And the same way in the kingdom of God, in this new family that you belong to, there are norms, there are family members that you do not know that you're going to get to meet. And how do we begin to relate? How do we begin to interact? How do we begin to get to know one another such that we can all have a good experience in this journey that we have stepped into All right, so I'll be sharing a couple of things with you very briefly um, today. Um, Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 16 and verse 18. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It says, I will build my church, God speaking here, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. One of the first things I want you to know in this new family is that we are all a work in progress. Everyone you're going to meet, everyone you're going to interact with, Even the sister or the brother that looks so holy and so perfect with their hands lifted up and crying in worship, there is something God is still working on them with. And so I want you to have an expectation that um, you're going to meet with different people from different backgrounds, different upbringings that the Holy Spirit is still working with in one aspect or the other of their lives. And so don't be shocked, hallelujah, when that sister you taught is so holy shouts at you and you're wondering in the church of God, hallelujah, glory to God. You're just getting to know your family members, alright? And like we have in every family, we will upset one another. We will do things we didn't expect of each other, but love binds us together. So I want you to understand that in this new family, we are all a work in progress. God is working on each and every one of us. God is still building us up. So make an allowance for everyone, all right? Glory to God. The second thing I want you to um, understand is this we each carry something on our inside. Everyone in this family is loaded by God with something, there is something you, you carry. There's a grace you have brought in. There's an anointing on your life. There's a mandate over your life, okay? Ephesians 4, um, 15 to 16. I'm going to read very fast from the book of Ephesians 4, verse 15 and 16. It says, God wants us, I'm reading the message translation. It says, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, okay, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flows through us, nourishing us so that we all grow up healthy, healthy in God, robust in love, all right? KJV says that this body is nourished by what every part supplies Glory to God. So, I need you to understand that you carry something. Every one of us, we are like a chain, all right? We are put together, being built as the body of Christ. There is a part of you. There is something in you that you bring. Maybe you are the finger, maybe you are the hand, maybe you are the head, you are the eyeball. Um, So, we all need to walk together, no matter the differences, no matter the preferences. We need to. Forget who we are. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he he is a new creation. So you need to understand the fact that you are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. And then you need to find out what your place is in this family, in this body of Christ. And step into that place because as long as you fail to function as you, the body will be malnourished. Hallelujah. Praise God. The third thing I would like to share with you is this. Um... Our uniqueness will sometimes cause us to clash, but we must be quick to forgive one another. Our uniqueness will always cost us a more, maybe at certain points in time or the other, because I am different from you and you are different from me. Our uniqueness, our passion so maybe you love to pray. I love to sing, all right? You love to fast. I I love to read the Bible, okay? And so with you, fasting is natural. With me, it is a walk in progress between I and God. And you you might not understand why someone cannot fast. Because for you, it's natural. Glory to Jesus, it's natural. But for me, it's not. I have to probably confess. I have to believe God. I have to speak with the Holy Spirit a week or two ahead of the time. Letting him know that I need grace to wait on him and, and all. So you need to learn to make an allowance. Because our uniqueness often, if not properly managed, will set us against each other. You need to understand that when one is weak, you stand there as the strength needed for that other person and help them rise, all right? You can pray 10 hours. Some other person can only pray 10 minutes. Can you invite them and say, come, glory to God, let us pray together. If we do this together, you might not end up praying 10 hours the first time, but will you pray one hour? And you see, you have helped that person be a better person than they were before you met them In this family. So as you journey ahead in this family, you need to understand that this family is needed. All right. They might not be perfect, they might not have all you want them to have, but you need iron sharpens iron. You you can't go join yourself with wood, iron would tear apart wood. So iron needs iron. We need to sharpen one another. We need to help one another grow. We need to help one another go to the next level and the next phase, consistently challenging one another in love to help one another move to the next phase of our assignments. Hallelujah. So the next thing I want to share with you is this. How do I relate with other believers? All right, now I know that it's compulsory for me, and I need these family members, you know? So how do I begin to relate with this person? I don't know from anywhere. This person I have only just met when I joined this church or when I gave my life to Jesus or when I joined the body of Christ. How do I begin to relate with someone who doesn't like what I like? Who? who is not as passionate as I am about some curses? how do I in love work with this person um, that I am meeting and I have to work with because they are my family members? I mean, if your dad, for example, were to offend you, you wouldn't pack your bags and leave the house and say, from today I'm no longer a member of this family. No, you will stay there and find a way to work it out. If your spouse was to upset you, you will find a way to work it out. Why? Because love is at the roots of, of your heart and your relationship. So how do we begin to relate? How do you relate with other believers you're going to meet in the house? Glory to God. The first thing I, I want you to know is this, that there are two foundational Bible principles that you need to premise your relationship on, and they are primarily love and honor. All right? Love and honor. If you would understand how to love people, God, the Bible says that God is love. All right? God is love. And as his offspring, because you have been made in his image and after his likeness, because you are like him. All right? You need to allow the nature of love on your inside come to the fore. Okay? If you would learn to walk in love with everyone, your life would be easy. You would enjoy this family. And you need to learn to throw honor about everywhere. So let's quickly look, let's quickly look at that. First Peter 2 and 17 says, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God and honor the king. Render therefore, Romans 12, 9 and 10, says render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, Honor to whom honor, hold no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law, the law of love. As a believer, we're expected to allow the love of God flow from our inside. See, loving people is not a struggle and should not be a struggle for you because he is your father. I mean if you're a woman, you know being a woman is not a struggle, it's part of your makeup. It is something you are. It is something you don't you don't need to learn it, you don't need to struggle to be it. It is just who you are. Glory to God. And so as a child of God, you have the nature of your father and the Bible says he is love. So you 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 are love. You are love. You're an offspring of love. Hallelujah. And so you just need to allow it flow from your inside and let it flow. From, from the inside of you. Amen. To so people around you, let it flow unconditionally. Let it flow from inside. In expressing God's love, we must also show forth the fruits of the Spirit. I want you to read First Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8. And also read Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and you'll learn about the fruits of the Spirit. I want you to meditate on these things. Um, If you're at that point in your life where you're struggling, and you don't know how to express love or allow the love of God flow freely through you, you need to sit down with the Word of God, you know, and begin to meditate. Now, what scriptures will do for you is this. It will show you who you are, not what life, situations, circumstances, people around you have taught you or told you are not worth your natural biological family of bringing has taught you. But the word of God will show you who you really are in Christ Jesus. It will unveil you to you. So you need to take time and spend time sitting down with the word of God in meditation, taking it in, speaking it to yourself, turning it into a confession. So maybe you have have a struggle with loving people. Maybe you have a struggle with expressing or accommodated people, you need to begin to confess that I to I am love. I to I am love. I am patient. I am kind. And you know what? What saying this to you to yourself over and over again will do is this: it will change the information you have in your mind, and it will affect ultimately the way you react to people, the way you behave, the way you relate with people over time. So allow yourself some time. Give yourself some time. Be patient with yourself to change yourself over time. As you begin to fellowship with the word of God and discover who you are, as you begin to learn who God is, as you begin to understand the fact that how can God, knowing that man has done so much against him, we've gone astray, we've seen, we've done everything he has told us not to do, how would he still send Jesus? I mean, he doesn't make sense glory to God but love will propel God to see beyond the scene and see the man that he created that he loves and he will stop at nothing to save that man to sink to that man's level and pull him out glory to God so it doesn't matter that you're not at that point where you can't see the good in other believers maybe they've hurt you so much maybe they've done so much um and you didn't expect it you thought better maybe where you were coming from um you they were in the world so it was normal that they cheat that they lie and they do all 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 sorts of well, then you came into the church and you expected everybody to be perfect. But the first person you met in church lied to you and you were surprised. Am I going to go through this uh, here again? Hallelujah. You need to begin to tell yourself, I Tony, you I am loved. I am love. I am love. I am love. And I love people freely. Why? Because that is who I am. And over time you will begin to see the good in that person. You will understand the fact that maybe that is what God is still working on that person with. Maybe that is the journey God is still taking that person through. And as you begin to see that, not focusing on self, but focusing on God and allowing him to use you as a tool, not just to raise you, but to minister to other people you will meet. Remember I told you that you carry something that you are meant to deposit in the body there is a grace there's an anointing there's a mandate over your life that you have brought into the family and you need to give so maybe God has brought you in contact with that person so that you will build the tool the instrument he's going to use to reach that person and raise them out of that place into the place they ought to be hallelujah so you need to meditate on scriptures Look at it over and over again. As you do this, the Bible says, as we behold, we are being changed. As we behold the word of God. As we behold, we have an encounter with him. As we behold, we are being changed. As we behold, we are being unveiled. As we behold, we are being revealed. What you thought you couldn't do is revealed to you what you thought you couldn't accommodate. Suddenly, you are able to see beyond people's weaknesses and see the heart of God and see the plan of God for their lives and you are able to reach beyond their mistakes and go grab them out of that place. So I would encourage you to please meditate on scriptures to help you build on your strengths. Hallelujah. In fellowship with other believers, there may be disagreements and hurts. It's expected, all right? It's expected, I mean... You have friends, you have family members, your siblings. Once in a while, we hurt each other. Husbands and wives, we hurt each other. But the beauty is that we learn to make up. We learn to go back and say, I am sorry. So please allow, allow us, hallelujah, allow us as we join this family. Expect it. And don't be surprised and say, ah, man of God, I will never come to this church. I thought all men of God were holy. We are still holy. Hallelujah. All brethren, we are still, we are just still a work in progress. Glory to God. The Bible stressed the need to allow the love of God in our hearts to overflow in such situations. So when you come across such situations, let the love of God rise above that person's mistakes. Let the love of God rise above that person's um, wrongs and you are able to help them to go to the next level. So the second thing, honor. Let's go to honor. All right, so I've talked about love. I want to talk about honor. Remember I told you that in this new family, the two things you really need to relate with other believers and to have a good fellowship is love and honor. Honor means esteeming other people above yourself. Not necessarily because they are better than you, not necessarily because they are more beautiful or more intelligent or wealthy and all of that. No, it's in love. The Bible says in love that we should submit one to another, right? It's just to, you know. Um, raise other people up, give them a healthy sense sense of self self esteem, and you know what? In being a blessing, in pouring to other people, there is this there's this feeling, there's this there's this joy that fills your heart, and you know what? Ultimately, you end up being a better person. No wonder why the Bible says it's more. It's better, you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because when you give, the smile, the joy on that person's face, the laughter, the way they feel, it does something more to you. Not just the fact that you will get a harvest of what you have given and you have sown, So if you give love, if you give honor, you will get a harvest of honor. But beyond that, there's this joy that goes and fills your heart. So you don't have a low low moment. Why? Because the Bible says with joy, you will draw from the well of salvation. So one of the ways to ensure that your joy bucket. Is always full Is this. Throw honor around. Honor people. Make people feel good. Make them laugh. Make them feel happy around them. In their happiness, you find happiness. And so your joy bucket is also full. So honor. We need to learn to honor people. Learn to honor people, whether they are older, they are younger, they are fat, slim. Sorry. Whether they are plump, slim, better, lighter, darker, whatever it is, learn to honor people. Learn to be happy, genuinely happy for other people. Now we are to relate, the first thing under honor is this. We are to relate with people um, based on who they are in Christ Jesus. This person is my brother and that is all that matters picture yourself one of your you and one of your siblings if if you're if you're an only child picture yourself with with your best friend you love them just because of who they are not because they have a good car or they live in a big house no your sibling is your sibling even if you're living in a shed you love them with everything and you would give all you have for them you would go to any mile for them your spouse you love them because that is because they are yours not necessarily because of who they are uh, or what they have so when uh, in this new family, you learn to honor people, not because they drive the biggest car, not because there's something in their hands that you want, glory to God, but be a person of honor. You see, as you do that, as you begin to learn to honor people and to love people, those very people you need, you'll be attracted, they'll be attracted to you. They will come into your life as a harvest, okay? Don't relate to people based on what they wear. Don't relate to them on how they look, glory to God. Don't relate to them based on any of those artificial and superfluous things all right but we are to relate to them based on instruction from god what is god saying to you so this person you have met what is god telling you how is god telling you to relate to that person what are the things you were hearing from god about that person okay As you honor people, you also honor God. All right? You also honor God. Remember, whatever you do to any man, okay, remember it is God ultimately that sees. And I might not be able to to see your thoughts or the state of your heart when you stand before me and you talk to me. But remember that God sees. And our primary allegiance is with God, not with any man, okay? You came into this family because God is now your father. He gave birth to you. He's now your father. And so your commitment is to God, and in in doing that, you would realize that because you love God, it's easier to love other people. It's easy to honor men. It's easy to relate with people. Glory to God. Hallelujah! So don't relate to people with people based on their status or what they have or what they can do for you. No, relate with them based on the Word of God. What does God's Word say? God's Word says we should honor all men. Honor all men. Honor everyone. Okay, and so go ahead and do that. Um, the second thing I want to tell you is this. Sometimes things do not go well in relationships. It's expected, it's expected, it's expected. Now we, we will be fake if we say that now that we are friends, now that I'm in this family, now that we are married, we will never have a disagreement. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. You, the, the very thought of it, 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 it sounds ridiculous. I mean we would have difference of opinions, but the beauty is this we must learn to bring out our strengths in our differences. We must learn to leave that place of disagreement, okay? Not exchanging blows and all of that. No. We must learn to leave that place empowered. Glory to God. You would You would have learned something new about your sister in church, your brother in church. Remember now that you're in this family, we're all siblings, okay? You should leave that place of disagreement, that place of difference in opinion, being empowered, knowing that, oh, this is the way... Tony likes to do her things. This is the way Tony likes to behave. Tony likes to have some me time. This is the way she likes to treat her Bible. She doesn't fold the pages of her book. She likes to use a bookmark instead. And leave that place empowered with information about that person that you didn't have before. Such that you are able to relate better with that person the next time and going from that, um, that place All right, so you need to realize this. Nobody is perfect in this house. We are going to have differences of opinion. There can be disagreements, okay? There can be failure on the side of one party or the other. But it's not an excuse to act with dishonor. It's not an excuse to act with dishonor. It's an opportunity to show God's love. It's an opportunity to show God's love. Esteem people, honor people honor people lift them up make them feel good all right maybe that old man who is a driver at 55 maybe nobody has called him sir before in his life and then you walk up to him all bathed up dressed in your suits to your teeth looking good and you say good morning sir to you it's just a sir that means nothing but you will change that man's image of himself forever you will change the way he feels about himself. Maybe he came to church that day. He drove his bus to church and he just came because it was just his job. And maybe he's thinking about his life at 55. Should I still be doing this? Why is my life like this? And then you walked up to him and you said, Sir. You can pay his salary, you can afford, but you walk up to him and say, good morning, sir. How are you today? How is your family? He won't hear any other thing. That sir will be dear to him for the rest of his life. And so let's learn to honor people. Find ways to make people, see the world is already a hard place, okay? So we need more people who will show people God's love. We need more extensions of God who will go out there and, and show people the love of God, who will show people the side of God that they haven't experienced in a long while. Glory to God. Everybody is looking for a way to take from people. But can you be a vessel that God can use to pour himself into other people around you? Hallelujah. Praise God. There are ways to deal with the family of God. First thing is this. Examine yourself So if I have a difference of opinion with someone, examine yourself, okay? Maybe we ended up arguing about something. Ask yourself, let's not be too proud to think that we can ever be in the wrong. Hallelujah. Ask yourself, what was my path in in making in this situation? What did I do? Am I even the one who should be apologizing? Even if they don't come and apologize, walk up to them and say, you're sorry. It doesn't take anything away from you respond in love when when there's a difference of opinion when people try to annoy you respond with love respond with love okay don't be a reactor don't always react to every situation around you don't be a madman that is always shouting and barking everywhere and all of that no stop let the love of God constrain you react in love Let the love of God control you, all right? So maybe that boss that came to the office already had an argument with his wife at home. And so his day, so to speak, is already ruined, all right? Because the devil is trying to steal his joy. And then he comes to the office. Everything you're doing, there's a fault with it. He sees something wrong in everything. Don't start reacting and start saying, I don't even know what is wrong. No, don't go down that drain, that lane with him. Don't let him drag you into the pit. Can you stop? and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do I do? If you will stop to do that, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will speak to The Bible says he will guide you into all truth. He will speak to you. And ultimately, that boss you should have been angry with, that boss that should have rubbed his sadness on you, you can end up being the vessel that God will use to go and minister to that person. Maybe the Holy Spirit just says, go and, go and buy him a drink or get him lunch or something or do this. He, he knows, the Holy Spirit knows what to do to change the way that man is feeling about himself and about his day and about the situation. And God, if you would learn to not let everything be about you, 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 how you feel, what are, what are they doing to you. But if you will learn to let it be about other people and let God use you to reach other people, you will find yourself being used by God to change that situation. And that man who should have had a bad day, probably planning home on how he would beat his wife or how he would beat his children and other things. He will go back home, probably get his wife a gift on the way home and apologize. And you see, not only did you change your manager or your boss's feeling and emotion and their day, but you have also saved his marriage. You have saved that family and argument that day. All right, glory to God. So learn to react with love, how to relate with other believers. Learn to react with love. Address it the biblical way. Okay, the Bible says that you should speak the truth in love. Speak privately. When someone upsets you, don't come to an open office or where everybody is. It will only escalate things. Can you call them away? If they're still angry, just allow them cool off. Maybe a week later, the next service day, call them. Brother so-and-so, can we talk about what happened the last time? I'm sorry. From my perspective, this is what I saw. Um... And then they'll begin to tell you, oh, no, 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 no. That wasn't what I meant. That wasn't what I was saying. It happens 99.9% of the time. Because more often than not, when it's emotions, you're allowing speak through you, you are not hearing the other person. Glory to God. So learn to resolve conflicts the the biblical way. Learn to allow scriptures to guide you in resolving conflicts. All right. So I want to go to something else. The need for regular attendance. Why should you come to church? Okay, I mean, I'm born again, glory to Jesus. I'm born again now, my name is in the book of life, I'm headed to heaven. Thank God for coronavirus. I know I can watch 10 church services at home. I know I can start service at 6 a.m. and be there till 6 p.m. and I'm hearing scriptures. I have my Bible. I can read my Bible by myself. I can pray. I can do all of those things by myself and grow spiritually. I don't need to come to church and, you know, expose myself to all this emotional turmoil and all of these ups and downs. I can protect myself. Stop. No man is an island. We all need one another. I need you. You need me. We need one another. So why should you come to church? Why should you? Remember, I told you earlier that you carry a grace. And we need that grace. That grace hidden at home, in your bedroom, locked up, is useless. It's not being used. It's not being is not being a blessing to anyone, but we need you to come in with your strength. Glory to God. We need to, on a lighter mode, see your lovely face in church and have some fellowship with you. We need to, uh, we enjoy you making us laugh. But why do you really need to come to church? One, you're obeying the word of God. Hebrews ten twenty five, Scripture says it, that we should not forsake the assembly of one another. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Grab your Bible and open there. It says not avoiding, I'm reading the message translation, it says not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see each day approaching. Why should you come to church? Scripture says we should not forsake the assembling of one another. All right, look at Matthew eighteen ten as well. It talks about us not forsaking uh, the assembly, the fellowship of one another, he encourages us to come together as Christians and have fellowship regularly. Glory to God! So we are obeying scriptures when we come to church. Matthew eighteen twenty. Look at that as well. Scriptures encourage. Scripture encourages us to come together in fellowship and have fellowship. The Bible talks about iron sharpening iron. Remember, I said that earlier. When you come to church, you come with your grace, and you are able to sharpen some other. See, your life is a journey. You have been through things that have, that have led you to where you are at today. God has taken you through different turns. And you have built resistance. You have built resilience in some area that somebody is still in. All right? They are still struggling with today. And looking at them, you can tell them, no, don't do that. Do this. Why? Because I understand. I have been there. All right? Even Jesus, the Bible says that we do not have a high priest. Who doesn't understand the feelings, our feelings, what we are going through, our infirmities? Who doesn't understand it? All right? Because he himself, he was tempted in every way. So when you say, ah, we are fasting, but I feel like eating, he understands what it means to be hungry. He understands hunger pangs. And so your journey, you can use your journey to bless somebody else in the house of God. You can use your story, your testimony to raise somebody else from where they are at. So you need to come to church because we need to learn from your story. Somebody needs to find encouragement from your testimony. Somebody needs to be blessed, all right, by your weakness, by the things that God has taken you through. They don't have to go down the same path. What should have taken them 10 years that took you 10 years, can you help them in 1 year go through it? Why? Because you know what to do already, okay? You need to identify with other believers. Ephesians 2 and 19 and Romans 12 and verse 5. Identify with other believers. Why should I come to church? You need to come to church regularly because it is a place of spiritual growth and development, right? We raise disciples. You, you need to become a disciple, and the church is an enabling environment to equip you, all right? Not just in studying, but in observation. You know, in employment, you go through trainings, but you also learn on the job by watching other people um, do things. So you need that. It also gives you an environment for accountability, okay? An environment for accountability. Read Ephesians 5 and verse 21. It also provides you a spiritual support, a family. A family. You have a sense of belonging. There's a father, there's a mother, your pastor, his wife. They become your parents. And so you're able to confide in them. You're able to Watch the way a real family, a a Christian family should be. So maybe where you're coming from, your family was not the best of families. But you can change that image of family that you have in your mind by relating with other brethren in church. It gives you a place to discover and use your gifts in ministry. So remember I told you that in ministering to other people, you begin to sharpen your gift. One, you discover your gift. Two, you begin to sharpen your gift by reason of use, by being a blessing to other people. All right, As you begin to do that, the first time you heard God say, there's someone in that place who has a pain in the eye maybe the next service god says there's someone who has a pain in the hand and after a while you get used to hearing the voice of god you're being trained in the healing anointing and the healing grace and after a while when you have come of full age you are able to release your ministry and take it to the next level so you need to know that um the church is a place of power matthew 18 18 to verse 20 you need to be in church and finally haven't been in church, all right. You need to learn to invite people to church. You need to learn to invite people to church. You know, there's a profound story in John 4, 5 to 39. I want you to sit down and meditate on that scripture. The woman at the well, when Jesus met her, you know, and told her everything about her life. If you read in verse 39, it says that she went back and went to tell people. Come and see a man who has told me everything about my life. See, one thing I want you to learn is this. In inviting people to church, it's not about preaching a powerful sermon. Your story is all you need to invite people to church. Now, since you joined church, what has happened in your life? What are the changes? What has gone done for you? Use your, your story is the best you know. Use your story of change. Use what he has done for you. And be like that woman and say to them, come and see the man who has changed my life. Come and meet the family. Come and meet the Jesus who has turned my life around. Come and meet the family where I've experienced transformation. Come and meet the family where my gifts have been used, all right? You know, I used to be timid, but now I'm bold. I can speak. I can speak. I can talk to people. Now I, I, I used to be broke, but now I've learned how to make money. I've learned how to invest because there are people in the house who have taken their time to use their gift to raise me. And so it's critical that you invite other people to church. Your story is enough. Your story, what he has done for you is more than enough. Bring them to church, and lead the work. You see, you can't get a man born against the Holy Spirit who does that. But when you bring them into an atmosphere where the Spirit of God is, the the Holy Spirit is able to walk on their heart, right, through the pastor's teaching, through other people that he will position to get them to give their lives to Christ. You just invite your job is to invite. Don't try to ah, no, I can't preach just yet. I am not as eloquent as the pastor. I can't preach as fluent as as the as Sister Jennifer and all of that. No, just invite them. Share your story, bring them, and let God do the rest of the work. Read scriptures like John 13, 16, John 15 16. I want you to read Matthew 9 37 and 38, and Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Jesus wants you to make disciples, not just to get people born again. I mean picture this, if a woman gives birth to a baby, she doesn't just say, "Oh, praise God, my nine months journey is over. I have given birth to the baby. That's the end." No, she takes that baby home. She nurtures that baby feeds the baby, baits the baby, changes the clothes, changes the diapers, ensures proper diet and nutrition, ensures that the baby is growing up healthy and strong and begins to do everything, puts that child in school to groom, listens to God where the destiny of that child is concerned and begins to groom and raise that child in the right path. All right. So it's not just enough that you're born again or you get someone born again. You need to ensure that you take them home like that mother takes a baby home and bring them into the house of God, bring them to church and let them be fed with the word. Let them be nourished with the word of God. Let them be exposed to the Holy Spirit and to the atmosphere of spiritual moves. And as they do that, they will grow and end up themselves becoming a disciple. So, once again, I would like to welcome you to this great family of God. It's an honor having you in the house. We are glad you came. We are glad you're a part of this family. And we look forward to all that God is set to do through you in this generation. We look forward to an unleashing of the person called you, the real you that God sees and God has made and sent you here to do. And we look forward to you making this family a better family as we walk together in this part of purpose. Thank you. God bless you. I hope you have been blessed and I hope you have learned one thing or the other that you'll begin to put to use, all right, in this family as we grow together. God bless you. Amen.